Well, Mark Few and the staff have made offers to two premier class of 2025 prospects, both with connections already in Spokane. Can the Zags land either of these top two talents? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on y'all welcome to the lockdown zags podcast part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day i'm your host and longtime gonzaga podcaster andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things zag athletics and i'm thrilled to be joined today by tobias bass of the athletic here to talk about some transfer portal targets for the zags as well as a pair of 2025 recruits who mark few and the staff have already made offers to. And Tobias, I want to start there because we have two players, Isaiah Harwell and Nick Kamenia, who have both received offers from Gonzaga from the class of 2025 in the last week or so. Uh, both players already have connections to Gonzaga in some way. Uh, we'll start with Kamenia. Kamenia was at last year's craziness in the kennel. So if that's a name that sounds familiar to any Gonzaga fans out there, that is probably why he was hanging out with Dusty Stromer's family there. So you always like seeing these guys kind of make those kind of connections, especially since there's probably not anybody on Gonzaga's roster who's going to be around in 2025, except Stromer and some of those younger guys coming in. Uh, he played AAU basketball with Colby Brooks. Colby Brooks, of course, a walk-on for the Zags, not exactly an impact player, but never hurts to have those kind of connections. Uh, six foot seven wing, uh, really talented player, 65th in the class, according to 24-7 Sports right now, has already picked up some other high major offers. Stanford, UCLA, Nebraska are among those. I'm curious just your thoughts on 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 this kid and maybe what he what his fit might look like in Spokane, knowing that we're, you know, a few years away from when that would happen. I think he's a good player. You know, he's definitely coming up, plays with a really, really high basketball IQ, mm-hmm. plays hard, can make shots. Yeah. So I know he did an interview not too long ago. They asked mm-hmm. him um, what schools would he want to go back to and visit. UCLA and Gonzaga were one of the ones yep. that he wanted to go back to. So mm-hmm. I think there's definitely um, there's a connection there. He knows Dusty Stromer. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, definitely a connection there. So he's yeah. um he's going to be an interesting prospect. I'm excited to actually see him this summer and uh, yeah. get more – see how he develops. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like talking about 2025 prospects. Like we can, we can analyze what their game is like right now, but it's, I don't want to say it's pointless, but it is, it's, there's going to be a lot of evolution, (laughs) you know, players change dramatically from when they're freshmen or sophomores in high school to when they are seniors. And uh, Gonzaga in particular has, has often been good at analyzing or getting players who are kind of late bloomers. And in this case, it's, it's a little bit of a different situation, but we've seen a lot. I mean, gosh, I, five or six of the most uh, high profile players that I can remember Gonzaga recruiting lately. It seems like it's between Mark Few and Mick Cronin. Uh, obviously Tommy Lloyd is in there a lot as well. And, and wouldn't be surprising to see him recruit the same type of players that Mark Few and their staff is recruiting just because they run such similar offenses, but it's been, you know, you're seeing Gonzaga connected with, with a lot of UCLA players lately. And it's uh, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough hill to recruit against uh, with Mick Cronin and Tommy Lloyd there. You know, I definitely, yeah, no, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell those guys no, too. And then, you know, no offense, it's kind of hard to say no to L.A. You yeah, know, oh, you yeah. Get, you get to go over there, it's just, yeah. it's, it's just different. It's just yeah. different. So um, I, I think that plays a significant role in it as well. Oh, and how could it not? I mean, Mark Few can sell everything under the sun about Gonzaga. Yeah. Spokane yeah. and L.A. are very different places. And yeah. if you're the kind right. of kid who wants to play college hoops in L.A., probably not coming right. to Spokane. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. 
Well, I want to talk about the other prospect here that Gonzaga recently made an offer to. That is Isaiah Harwell, uh, really, really highly regarded prospect. Uh, right yeah. now, again, 24-7 Sports has him fifth in the class of 2025, uh, the number one shooting guard in that class. He's currently playing high school at Wasatch Academy in mm-hmm. Utah. That is the same high school that Nolan Hickman played at, so that is kind of the the obvious connection there. I also believe that Harwell is from Idaho originally, mm-hmm. so you know some some regional ties to Spokane potentially, which, as you kind of just alluded to, never hurts. Never hurts when people yeah. feel like Spokane's a little closer to home, uh, hence their addition of Steel Venters uh, from the transfer portal. Those are the kind of things mm-hmm. that that help. Um, Harwell has been, has offers from just about every, not everyone, but a lot of really blue blood traditional programs, Carolina, UCLA, again, Texas is in there. Kansas is in there. Creighton is yeah. in there. Uh, obviously we're probably a very long ways away from him making a decision. We should be at least a long ways from him making a decision, yeah. but I'm curious what you have seen from this kid in, in general, just as a player and, and how you, how you think this might shake out. So I actually saw Harwell very recently. I saw him two weeks in the Team USA oh, yeah. at boot camp. It was 24, 25, and 26s. I saw him there, and mm-hmm. I saw him back in January. I went to uh, Laporte, Indiana, and watched him play for oh, yeah. Wasatch. So he's a good he's, he's he's a good player, and he looks the part. He's six mm-hmm. five, six six, can play. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know like he's a twenty twenty five. So you know you always want to continue to see them get better. Sometimes mm-hmm. he can kind of get. Sometimes he's one of those kids where. You know he's talented, but sometimes he can go missing for long stretches, yeah. and he'll get he'll get out of there. He's, he's so young, sure. he'll get out of there. But the, but the talent is there. Like you walked in there, you saw him. You told me, "Hey, Tobias, look at spot the pro out of these kids, and that he'll be one of the ones that stands out just based yeah. on his physical stature and, and skill set." So mm-hmm. he's definitely a good player. Um, I'm excited to see him continue to grow and get better. He'll probably even get a little taller too by the next time we talk about him. But mm-hmm. he's solid. Um, you know, you know, a year ago last summer he was. Some were even saying he might even be the best player in the class. And, yeah. that, and that class is actually supposed to be really, really good. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at this, all the future NBA guys. So um, he's a player, and I'm excited to see him this summer. Yeah, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how how recruiting him goes with with somebody like Hickman, who obviously played at the same high school. There's some level of a connection there. I don't know how well these guys know each other, if they know each other at all, of course, what, what the situation is there. But, you know, Gonzaga has developed – guards at such a high clip and, and certainly there are I mean I'm not going to pretend there are not questions right now by the fan base about Nolan Hickman uh, and his development in the last couple of years but if we assume that he continues to improve and he has a solid season next year continues to grow continues to develop and you look at I mean sheesh the, the list is nearly nearly endless Josh Perkins Nigel Williams Goss of course Jalen Suggs mm-hmm. of course Andrew Nembhard etc cetera, etc cetera. like that seems like it would be a really strong selling point for Gonzaga for a guy like this to try to sell, like, look at what we do with guards. It's not like Kansas and and Carolina and UCLA can't say that stuff either. But to me, it feels like a a high octane offense, uh, you know, more fast paced, getting up and down the court a lot. Seems like it'd be appealing for a kid like this. Yeah. I think it'd definitely be appealing for him. And then too, the region matter. He's a kid where I think he would kind of would like staying close to home, at least reasonably close. So I think Gonzaga, there's definitely a connection there. Absolutely. Well, Tobias and I are going to discuss Graham E.K. and Ryan Nemhard because they were both reportedly on campus this past weekend. We're going to take a look at how those visits may have gone, what we think about their odds of landing in Spokane long term. But before we do that, I want to talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. 
Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Maybe you Zag fans want to bet on Marco Gonzalez to get a win for the Mariners, or perhaps Eli Morgan to snag a save for the Guardians. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked On Zags. And I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For those of you who are everyday listeners, we got more coming this week on Transfer Portal Targets. We're going to do some NBA playoff talk. Turns out Rui Hachimura and DeMontis Sabonis made a lot of headlines this week in the NBA. We'll talk about that in later episodes. But for today, we're going to continue our conversation here with Tobias talking about the two players who reportedly we're in Spokane this past week, and we know Ryan Nempard was there. There was a lot of rumors that Graham E.K. from Wyoming was there. We spoke about him on an episode earlier this week here on Locked on Zags. Uh, he's now picked up a few crystal balls to join Gonzaga. I think Travis Branham of 24-7 Sports picked up a crystal ball there. And, and guys who are generally right about this kind of thing, let's put it that way. They're not perfect, but... When, when you start seeing those predictions roll in, you got to start feeling a little bit more confident about EK's odds of potentially landing in Spokane. Tobias, what are your kind of, where are you at with, with where EK might end up playing or, or just kind of who he is as a player as well? He's a good, he's a good player. You know, we had a really, really good year this year at, uh, mm-hmm. at Wyoming. I think it was mm-hmm. 17 points a game, seven, mm-hmm. eight rebounds or so. He's yeah. solid. You know, they had a little weird thing going on, on up there towards the end of the year, but yeah. He, he's a good player. I think that he would fit in nicely. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Gonzaga, they've kind of struck out on, yeah. a few, on a few guys, more mm-hmm. than a few. So, you know, I think getting him would be a good a good start going in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we saw the miss out on Jesse Edwards, who reportedly got a whole bunch of money from West Virginia, which yeah. shout out Jesse Edwards for getting the bag. That is fantastic. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He also took a little pot shot at Syracuse for not apparently – uh, being as willing to spend on the NIL front, which uh, is something that we're going to start seeing more of teams that are are kind of buying in teams that are not buying in. And, and with EK, it'll be interesting. I, I'm curious the, the fit with him and Anton Watson, because to me, they seem like pretty similar players. And that's just, that's yeah. doing a lot of box score scouting. I've watched yeah. EK a handful of times, but you know, guys who, who score down low, don't necessarily stretch the four all that much, aren't really rim protectors on the other end. So I am kind of curious how that fit will work, but there's no debate in my mind that EK could absolutely play at this level and, and play pretty darn well. I guess one issue is, too, is there aren't that many good fives in this class. Yeah, there's so, not, yeah. So, so I think you may see, maybe not, you know, Gonzaga mm-hmm. specifically, but you may see teams, they just might go small. Their center mm-hmm. might be 6'9". Yeah. They, they might just have a run and gun. So I think yeah. – that's just been the main issue. You even look at like a guy like like uh, Daniel Bacho at, my, mm-hmm. at the Athletic. I think mm-hmm. yesterday or the day before, we had him top 20 in our rankings. Yeah, I like Bacho. He's a good player. But, mm-hmm. you know, in other classes in the portal, he might not be a top 20 guy. So right. that shows you the value of the mm-hmm. center this year because there aren't just simply aren't that many. Sure. Yeah. And it's I mean, there's a much larger conversation to be had that we have kind of talked on on here. And a lot of other people have litigated as well just about how there's these this group of centers who are so valuable in college basketball but don't really have that value translating in the NBA. Drew Timmy is, of course, in that conversation. Oscar Shibway, Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you see those players returning to school, which is great for college basketball. But when the you know when, when you get past the top-tier guys, it does feel like that position group thins out. And, and looking at Gonzaga, like 
even if, if they land EK, you're talking about six, nine Anton Watson, six, nine Graham mm-hmm. EK, six, nine Ben Gregg, uh, six, eight Alex Tui coming in, uh, six, nine, I think Braden Huff, if he's uh, you know going to be a contributor next year, like they're, <laughs> they're not going to yeah. have a ton of size, but they're going to have a lot right. of people around that spot. And, and certainly you have to feel like that's, you can get away with that in the WCC, but I wonder how much it, it could potentially impact them uh, getting into the tournament. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, every year this college basketball structure shifts. Like you saw two mm-hmm. years ago, the portal when it was, for, you know, when it was brand new, that final four, there wasn't that many big contributors in the portal. Sure. It wasn't that many, but then next year there were plenty. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that this, this portal thing has just shifted the dynamics so much. The teams just have to adjust. You know, next year it just might be the, you might see a bunch of smaller teams just running yeah. them down the floor. That yeah. That might be the new thing next year. Heck, Arkansas has added like seven guards. Yeah, <laughs> they're not yeah, playing that yeah. big. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and they have a, they have a McDonald's American Center that might not be ready to play early. So yeah. they, they might have they might have to go small. You know, they have all those athletic fours. You know, one of the twins stayed, um, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I think we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out. Um, I want to switch to guards now. I want to talk about Ryan Empart in particular, who, of course, we know was in Spokane this past weekend. He was there with his brother, Andrew, who starred at Gonzaga and had a tremendous rookie season with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they were on campus together. It sounds, I mean, it doesn't sound like we know that Ryan left Spokane without committing to Gonzaga. He then went to Tucson to uh, take a visit with Arizona and Tommy Lloyd. I have said multiple times on this podcast that my belief from the moment Ryan Nemhart entered the transfer portal was that he was going to go to Arizona. He was going to play for Tommy Lloyd. He was going to replace Kirk Risa. Uh, is that the sentiment you're getting here as well, especially with him leaving Spokane without committing? Yeah, I think that he's going to go to uh, mm-hmm. go, go to Arizona. I think it, I think it just makes a lot of sense, especially what they've left. Um, mm-hmm. I think at least at the moment they'll probably have a little bit better foundation. You know what he can what he have to play with. So yeah. I could uh, I think the fit is a uh, the destination is Arizona. Yeah, well, and it's it's such a great fit, and and, and I yeah, know it's yeah, great it for Gonzaga fans to lose out on players that they want, and there's for every possible reason Ryan Nembhard was a player people wanted. They should have. He's fantastic. Uh, he would have been an excellent replacement at the point guard position. But man, he's a really good fit at Arizona too, and it's uh, it's it's hard to. You know, same, like same with Jesse Edwards. Like, yeah, I think Gonzaga got outpriced in the Jesse Edwards market, and that is definitely a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time. Jesse Edwards is a really nice fit for Bob Huggins too. Like it's just yeah. one of those things where it just makes some sense. And, and for Gonzaga, Nemhard may have been a great fit, but there are still some other guards that I think yeah. could be really good fits for this program. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here coming up is, is some of those other players in the transfer portal and, and what, whether Gonzaga is really in the mix for them and, and what that might look like if they're able to land them. All right, Tobias, uh, let's talk here, third segment, closing out the show, talking about some of those transfer portal targets. We're going to lead with the guy that I've talked about a whole bunch of times on this podcast already, and that's Taryn Armstrong, uh, Cal Baptist point guard, Two years spent two years at Cal Baptist, was a really, really dynamic freshman, was still very good as a sophomore, although he didn't really take the leap that I think a lot of people may have expected him to do. Uh, really good facilitator, good scorer, not a great three-point shooter I have maintained on the show that as we have seen with other Gonzaga guards in the past, when they transfer from somewhere else to Spokane, like Rasir Bolton is a good example. Brian Woolridge is a good example. We see those guys, their three point shooting tends to tick up in part because they are not the focal point of the opposing team's defense. And so they have a little bit more open looks. 
I'm a believer that that could happen with Taron Armstrong, although the fact that he has been a poor free throw shooter throughout his career is a little bit concerning as well. Uh, it feels to me like he's kind of seen a lot of other guards enter the portal and maybe get recruited over him. Stephen Ashworth going to Creighton. I think that was a destination yeah. that Armstrong had in mind. Certainly Ryan Nembhard kind of blows the whole thing up where I think a lot yeah. of teams are, are waiting to figure out what's going to happen there. But at this point, it feels like Gonzaga is a very, very realistic destination for Armstrong, at least to me. Is that the sense you're getting as well? No, I think it makes sense. You know, unfortunately for him, if, you know, when he first entered the portal, he was super high on everyone's yeah. ranking. And then, you know, you have Nemhard, Cryer, Avery, Ashworth, et cetera. Yeah. They kind of push him down to push him down a little bit. So I think that's why he's probably been on the board as long as he had. Cause he, he was, he committed, he put his name in the portal early. That was mm -hmm. a while ago. So yeah. I think that's why he's probably still in there. And he'll find a good fit. He's a good player. But mm -hmm. I, I do like the fit with Gonzaga. I think he kind of fits even to like the style of play. It's not that far mm -hmm. from where he just played at. I can see Gonzaga being a good fit there. Yeah, an international player, which I know has yeah. some implications from an NIL perspective, could be an advantage for Gonzaga in that sense. Yeah. Um, young. Yes, very young, very talented. I think in my mind, and I mentioned this on the show a few times, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts here. It, 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 if Armstrong were to come to Spokane, he's, he's clearly a point guard. Yeah, his, his assist numbers, his facilitation numbers are excellent, whereas I'm, I'm still very high on Nolan Hickman, but he strikes me as a player who might shift into a, a combo guard role where yeah. he can attack closeouts. He can shoot threes. He doesn't necessarily have to run the offense. We saw last year that he got a lot better at not turning the basketball over. But one of my kind of gripes, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that he didn't make a ton of things happen. Like he wasn't as aggressive going to the basket or, or kind of trying to, to facilitate the offense. He was more of just get us into the motion offense, get us going type of thing. And, and I think Armstrong could be more of that facilitator Hickman playing more off ball. It feels to me like that would really work, especially when you add a sharpshooter like steel venters who, who just committed and, and a player like dusty Stromer, who, you know, it's a little unclear exactly how much he can contribute as a freshman, but I have a feeling he's a guy who's going to play some significant minutes right away. So you, you think that the Zags, I mean, it seems like they've been really targeting point guard point guards. You think that the, the vision is, is for Hickman to kind of slide off ball a little bit. I would like that even for him. I think he shot 35% yeah. average. Not bad. It's okay. Yeah. I think that would help him. Mm -hmm. I think it would let him focus more predominantly on a, on you know on scoring. He's kind of yeah. showcase more of his skill set because yeah. I mean it, point guard's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. And you know, putting him off the ball, I think that would kind of suit more what he was, especially coming out of high school. He played the point, but he was more of a scorer. So I think that yeah. would put him in a more natural role. And I think it would even take some pressure off of him, you know, because the expectations were high coming in. Yeah. He hasn't lived up to them at this moment, but I think putting him in that role would help him, I think would calm him down some and let him get to the player that they wanted him to be. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone in that thought process yeah. because it's yeah. it just seems like it makes so much sense to me. And and once I saw, obviously, Nemhard, anybody would go after him. But once I saw the Zags targeting Armstrong and Ashworth, I was like, okay, it feels like they're positioning themselves to potentially slide Hickman into an off-ball role. And if he is willing to do that and adapts well to that, I think that could be really, really good for him at the college level. I'm not sure what it does for him as a pro level because of his size, right. but it certainly helps him at the college level. Right. Now, I think it, I think it definitely helps him. And, you know, we, we've been seeing this over the last couple of years. We've been seeing these multi-guard lineups. Teams yep. have been playing three mm -hmm. guards at once. I just, I, I just really like those lineups. They, yep. they fascinate me. And it, it really presents a, uh, a nightmare for opposing defenses. Yep. So if you could kind of put them two together and maybe find another – because there aren't that many good wings, so you would yeah. probably have to find another 
Mm-hmm. decent sized guard. I think that could present a lot of issues for different teams, and it would be a little bit different than what they've done before. Well, fingers crossed that Malachi Smith comes back, because if he did, he would be that bigger sized guard that they could kind right. of play alongside it. And you mentioned right. the three-guard lineups, and <laughs> I think about that 2021 National Championship. I try not to think about the game too much, because it wasn't <laughs> very fun for Gonzaga yeah. fans, but Gonzaga started Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nembhard, and Joel Eiai. Like, all those guys are 6'5 or below, and then right. Baylor started, they had a three-guard lineup as well, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a fantastic three card lineup. So those are really, really fun teams. And I'm, I'm, I'm the Drew Timmy era, era was extraordinary for so many reasons. And it's really sad to think about Gonzaga basketball without him. But if Gonzaga pivots to a more guard centric offense next year, color me very, very intrigued on that at least. Yeah, no, no, I would, I would, I would like to see. Like I said, those lineups fascinate mm-hmm. me. And it's, and it's what's what's been winning. Let me even look yeah. at um. FAU, much different, mm-hmm. much different yeah. story, but they, they did it. You yeah. know, they, they, they had a few guards on the thing, and, they, and they're mm-hmm. hard to stay in front of. I think it works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one more player that I want to talk to you about, Tobias, and it's a guy that has been loosely connected to Gonzaga. It sounds like there's some other programs that, that may have a leg up right now, but it's a guy we haven't spoken about on the podcast yet, and I wanted to make sure we acknowledge the connection here, and that's Aaron Estrada, a six-foot-four point guard originally from New Jersey. He's going to join his fourth school uh wherever he ends up here he started his college career at saint peter's shout out the peacocks there uh eight points two assists 20 minutes per game transferred to oregon only played nine games at oregon didn't get on the floor all that much three points per game transferred out of oregon and has spent the last two years with the pride of hofstra and has been the caa player of the year twice he has been absolutely extraordinary one of the best mid-major guards in the entire country unquestionably 18 and a half points five assists in his first year with them last year why not tack on even more from that 20.2 points per game five and a half boards 4.3 assists one and a half steals just a dynamic all around he's a scorer he's a facilitator he's a rebounder he's decent on defense he shot 37 percent from three he kind of does a little bit of everything and obviously there is a a west coast connection here from spending some time at oregon although it didn't go all that well um my understanding is that gonzaga's new assistant coach rj barsh uh, had been recruiting estrada as a transfer target at florida state Uh, so there's already a connection that those two have built Uh, but i've also heard there are some other programs pretty heavily involved in estrada and may end up being the people that that bring him home. Is that kind of, what have you heard on Aaron Estrada as a player and as a potential portal target? I mean, he's a hell of a player. You see, he yeah. went CAA player the year two times. So yeah. that tells you his value. I was hearing more um, Alabama, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, they got, you know, they, they got decimated. You know, Quinterly leaves, Miller leaves, Jaden Bradley puts his name in the portal. Yeah. Amari Burnett also leaves. They mm-hmm. play also with multi-guards on the floor at the same time, they like to get up and down the floor and score. So mm-hmm. I think that really makes sense for Ashada, but he was that's the place where I think he ends up. So if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Alabama has added anybody in the portal yet. Uh, they added, Okay, they added Jaquan Walton. He's the only player yeah. they've added in the portal from Wichita State. He's good. Um, but yeah, they they're obviously have some have some serious depth they need to replenish in the backcourt. I've been a little surprised at how quiet they have been in the portal so far. Maybe it's because I compare I, I associate them and Arkansas together in my head, yeah. and Arkansas has added every guard that they can possibly yeah, get their right. hands on. Um, and so I was like, oh, it feels like Alabama's having kind of a quiet offseason. But man, if they land Estrada, that kind of quiets that conversation real quickly because he's he's a big time player, and it would be. Uh, it'd be a nice addition for them. It'd be a great addition for Gonzaga too, but it, it does sound like Alabama is kind of the front runner right now. 
Well, one thing is too. So they have Walton. They also added four players. You know, four freshmen. Chris sure, Parker, right. Walter, yeah. Muhammad Diabate, and they had a uh, Devin Crosby. He graduated early. He was on campus last year. So they have. You know, they have those four. Mm-hmm. Then Walton five. You should have mm-hmm. Griffin come back. I think Clowney Bidiaco yeah. will come back. Yeah. Uh, Sears. So I think that's probably why they've been cautious. They're trying to see well how many scholarships do we really have at this moment. Well, and that's smart. I think one thing yeah. that that could be part again part of a larger conversation. Uh, it's the, the navigating the portal is just I, I was going to say difficult, but I'll say impossible mm. because I think that it's basically impossible to do. And, and you see teams try to you know they don't want to recruit over their own players, but they also don't want to miss out on guys. And like you see for Gonzaga, like I know that they you know last year they didn't expect Rasier Bolton to come back. I don't think, and then Malachi Smith gets added, and suddenly you have a couple guards who expected to play more and they didn't play more. And guess what? Both those guys are in the transfer portal now. And and it's, you know, I I don't, it's frustrating. I get why the players chose to leave. I really do. I understand for both situations, but I also understand why the coaching staff, like they didn't mean for this to happen. And it's just, it's just one of those messy situations that I, I, hopefully some, some regulation and and the lack of the COVID year will definitely help going forward with some of this confusion rosterness. But uh, it's been, I mean, as you know, more than just about anybody, I see how active you are on Twitter. It's been crazy uh, to just keep track of everything going on in the portal this, uh, this year. No, it's been crazy. I think, Earlier this afternoon, maybe an hour or so ago, we hit fifteen over fifteen hundred names in the portal at the moment. So, Jeez. and and the deadline I believe is May eleventh. So we have almost a little like three weeks left, roughly. Yeah. I want to see if we can get to two K. I mean, <laughs> I want that's that's that was yeah. the number I threw out at the beginning of the year. I think last year we were at seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably gonna get way over that one, and then I think two. You're probably going to see some big names hit the portal maybe this week or the next week. So don't be surprised if you start seeing another little decent sized wave coming. You saw Jalen Tyson was another one just put his name another day. I think you I think you're gonna start seeing big name players like that start to get in there. Well, that's going to make content for Locked On Zags even better because we got so many players to potentially analyze. Hopefully, I, I, I'm with you. If we get up to 2,000, that'd be fantastic. As long as there's no more from Gonzaga. I think we're good with three. That's that's more than we're used to here in Spokane. So hopefully not too many more there, but definitely uh, excited to see what else happens in the portal. It's been absolutely crazy. Tobias, thank you so much for helping make some sense of this, for coming on the show, talking about this stuff. I'm sure we'll have you on again soon as we kind of see more portal madness, more recruiting stuff continue to crop up throughout the summer. Uh, again, thank you for coming on. No problem, man. Anytime. All right. Well, that is going to do it for me today. Once again, everydayers, please come back to the show this week. We got so much fantastic portal content. We got NBA updates as well. We'll talk Zags baseball to close out the week on Friday. All right here, Locked on Zags podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for listening and go Zags.